G'day runners, welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. So today's episode, I am speaking with probably the most um, inspiring person I've ever met. Now this is not someone who goes out of their way to be inspiring. This is someone who is inspiring just through their process. Not because, and it's, it's got a bit to do with running. This person's a runner. This person is also very unwell and has been very unwell for a number of years. The person I'm talking about is a gentleman by the name of Ashley Drew. So have a listen to his story and um, prepare to be inspired. And the next time you think, oh, I can't be bothered getting out of bed to go for a run, have, a listen, have another listen to this story because it's amazing. Cheers. Hey runners, welcome to episode 39 of the Trail Runners Experience. I'm joined today by runner, coach, father, um, Ashley Drew. And Ashley has jo- is joining us via um, the internet, uh, all the way from sunny Queensland. And welcome, Ashley. Thank you very much for having me. It's a, a pleasure to be on your podcast thank you mate and uh exploring the wonderful world that is running yes um so ashley i would just jump straight into it and i was hoping you could uh tell us a little bit about who you are and what um maybe you've got an interesting story to tell and we're going to dive right into it so who is ashley drew that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) Um, too philosophical yeah i don't know if that's one i really want to answer but uh so basically, yeah, I'm a father of three, uh, married for I think, 20 years this year. Um, Impressive. And uh, to a wonderful lady. Um, she puts up with a, a lot of my crap, I don't know how. And uh, I've spent um, most of my adult life as a, a professional coach uh, amongst many other little jobs in between. And I have run or all of my adult life, so I'm 45 now. Um, and I started seriously running when I went to university. Before that, I really didn't like running. I was a, a gymnast before that. And um, the long running and uh, gymnastics don't go together. They're not, they're, they're kind of opposite sports. Okay, so, uh, fair enough, yeah. Gymnastics is an absolute sprint sport. Like if I was a sprint runner, maybe, like we'd have to do 25 metres, that was it. That was as far as I liked to run, which was for the vault. But uh, after that, I really got into, I've always been into heading up into the bush. And I was very lucky as a kid, we lived backing onto some amazing bushland here, which the last time I went and run those same trails was, like yesterday, day before. And, um, so as a kid, we just always just be into there and went exploring. And then uh, once I went to university, I just ran out of time. So I started running to cover more distance quicker. That's really what it came down to. Yeah. So I guess that's me in a nutshell. Fantastic. And um, so I want to, I mean, I want to dive deeper into this. Um, and there's also something else I want to ask you about. And um, But you see, how many children did you say you have? Three. So I've got a son and two daughters. Ah. Um, you're just my like me. Currently off at dance, and my son's here at home with me. So, um, yes, that's, that's amazing. I also have a son and two daughters. So there you go. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. How old are your kids? Mine are uh, one, f- 
four and seven. So my son is the oh, young. Oh wow! So you're a little bit. Uh, I'm a little bit ahead of that. Mine are yeah. eleven. I'm going to go with eleven, nine, and eight. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's still, I'm sure you've still got your hands full. Like, it's, um, it never gets easier. I mean, I don't want to say that it's hard, but it keeps you busy, if nothing else. <laughs> it definitely keeps you busy. And uh, having kids, best thing, by far, best thing I've ever done. Um, apart from marrying my wife, probably the, the best thing I've ever done, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, like you say, I mean, the thing is, she you wouldn't have the kids if it wasn't for her. So That's exactly right. Lovely. And um, so... One of the reasons I was um, put onto you by the by Jason Cheshire 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 I don't know how he pronounces his surname from Infinite Nutrition, who is someone who sponsors me uh, with my coaching and running, and he uh, mentioned to me one day about your story, and uh, what and and I was um, I was very interested in it, and he he suggested that I get in contact with you, and because you. Um, the last couple of years you've been quite unwell. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, in 2015, uh, early in the morning, I, I work at a, um, a school and uh, in charge of the gymnastics program there and uh, there's oh, 1,500 or 1,600 kids that um, all do gymnastics as part of their PE program at some point and we run all the way through to kids who have made it all the way through to the Olympic training squad. So, um, and I'm in charge of that program. Anyway, so uh, long story short, it was coming up to Christmas holidays and the, the school was shutting down, heap of paperwork to do um, to get all that out and it was only literally a couple of days until school finished for the year. And that morning, like I run the day before and I was, I was good, but that morning I felt really sick and not sick, just felt off, you know, like it just didn't feel right and jumped in the shower, had a shower, that was first thing in the morning and went to uh, the toilet and went, oh, that's a bit weird, I'm urinating blood and I'm urinating chunks of blood and maybe I got hit yesterday while I was coaching, which is not unusual. And coaching gymnastics is very physical. It's lots of um, hands-on stuff because you're trying to teach athletes to do stuff that they're not ready to do yet by themselves. So you're there trying to protect them. And every so often they'll, you know, there's a mishap and they'll hit you or whatever. It's just part and parcel of the sport, learning the sport. Um, I thought, oh, maybe I got a hit to the gut or something and, you know, that explains that and that's probably why I'm feeling off today. Anyway, so I, went, I got ready, I went to work and I had a meeting with my boss because I had to hand him a heap of paperwork, uh, including the following year's budget, which is always a good discussion. Um, and he goes, you don't look well today. And I went, no, nah, I, I don't feel real well either. Uh, he goes, you, get, you should go home. And I went, well, I haven't got any staff here until later um, in the day. And once they show up, I've I'm going to go to the doctor and he goes oh yeah that's a good call well i never made the doctor's appointment i um i woke up on the floor of my office wow unable to move and um the gym is the furthest building from the center of the school oh. so I'm, I'm literally the last building and i'm in my office by myself um, 
for several hours during the day on this particular day. That's not how all the days go, but it, it just that's how it worked out. Yeah. And um, I can't move. So I've, I've, I've woken up on the floor. It's cold concrete floor. I've woken up. I can't move. I'm just, you know, looking out. And um, finally, I could move my fingers a bit. And then my arms started to move. And the, the telephone cord was hanging down over the edge of the bench. And I, I, I grabbed that and I ripped the telephone down and just hit redial to dial just whatever the last number was. And yeah. it happened to be my boss's PA. And, and I said, can you get me an ambulance, please? And I'm pretty sure I didn't use the word please, but... Um, <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I then lay there for, I don't know how long. It, it can't have been long. And I could start to feel my legs kind of working now. And so um, the gym's divided up into a couple of pieces where it's two large boxes basically connected together and one side's two basketball courts and the other side's the gymnastics hall. And so I crawled to the door and in the basketball courts is where they hold like year 12 exams, you know, with 200 kids all sitting at exam desks that are a set distance apart, etc. And I've, I've got the door open and I've said to this poor kid on the other side, help, and just collapsed back on the ground. Oh, wow. Um, and then the next time I've woken up, um, I've got oxygen on my face because it's a boarding school. And so there's, you know, there's a, a there's a hospital and everything. Well, you know, it's not a hospital. It's a, so it's a sick bay got with a nurse first, and all that sort of stuff. They yeah, so they've got, they've got everything there to, to cater for ill kids. And so, yeah, the next thing, I've got oxygen on my face, ambulance is still coming. There's a million people standing around, or at least it felt like a million people. It was just the, the staff that were supervising the exam, which is probably 20 people standing around me, you know, trying to help out and... Um, all that sort of stuff and um, yeah I, I kind of I was going in and out of consciousness at this stage and then I remember the ambulance being there and they said you know like we've got to take you to hospital and um, right cool where you know where are we off to and I got put into a, a chair a special chair because they had to go downstairs they couldn't get the bed to where I was yeah of course and so it was, this, yeah, it was this really cool chair with these tracks and stuff. Anyway, so they got me down to the ambulance and we went off to hospital and the hospital went. And um, by, by the time we got to hospital, which isn't far away, it's only about six or seven k's away. I used to actually walk through when I was having treatment and still at work. And um, I get there, I felt fine again. You know, like I felt like a normal person. Anyway, so I get in there and... Um, chatting to the doctor and the doctor goes right we'll do bloods we'll do urine test and you know we'll make further decisions from there and so they took blood and they put a cannula in because just in case whatever happens it's an all thing for gonna emergency yeah. and i did a blood test that was full of sort of not a blood test a urine test that was full of blood wow so as soon as they saw that they go right we'll put you in for a ct scan to see what's wrong with your your kidneys or your bladder like why are you bleeding internally and um yeah. I went and had that CT scan, my, but no one was there yet. I'd called my wife and said, can you come on down and stuff? But it was like school pickup time by then. Yeah. Um, so she had, to, she had to pick up our kids from school and, you know, get someone to look after them and like, just all the stuff that happens in normal life. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so long story short, have this CT scan, lying in bed, you know, waiting for the results. Doctor walks in. 
goes, look, we've checked the blood. You're full of, you got, looks like you're full of masses in your intestine. Um, looks like you got lymphoma. And it was just really frank like that. There was no, no. it was just matter of fact. He wasn't, you know, beating around the bush. It was just, this is what you got. And then he walked away again. Wow. And I had other patients to see. They're in an emergency. So, so then I was just sitting there like, oh, yeah. And the, the last thing he said was, there'll be a surgeon here in 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa, like no one's even shown up yet. And yet there's going to be a, a surgeon here. And, um, you know, this is all in the three days beforehand. I'd clocked up 50 Ks running. Yeah, like, wow. Go, go figure like uh, I just in hindsight looking back I'd say I just thought I was getting older and it was taking me longer to recover um, because I have lots of people saying didn't you know that you had cancer and it's like no I had not a clue like it just yeah who knows hit me <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so yeah so the, the surgeon didn't show up for ages he was in surgery dealing with other people but um also needed life-saving surgery and by the time he got to me it was late at night my wife had been there my, my parents had come in and um he goes look we'll book in for the night yeah i've had a look at your scans i don't think you've got lymphoma and i was like oh great that's good like i don't have cancer yeah yeah well, well that was wrong um anyway he goes look i want you to have a pet dotate scan now, as you know, we've got Medicare here in Australia and we've got private, well, I've got private health insurance and a lot of people do. And he goes, the problem is this is experimental. No, you're going to have to pay completely out of pocket to have this scan. Yeah. Right, okay, so how much is that going to be? Well, that was the start of the expensive road that is getting a terminal illness. Um, if you can avoid getting one, do, because <laughs> it's going to cost a fortune. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I had that scan two days later because the second day I'd waited all day long. I hadn't had a coffee um, or any food like we were waiting for this scan. Yeah. And they hadn't actually been able to make the radioactive isotope that they inject because this is all new, like it's experimental. So we we waited for another day so that was on a wednesday it was a wednesday that i collapsed and friday was the day that i had the scan i went and had the scan first thing in the morning they'd made the stuff overnight they injected it into me i had the scan and i said to the technician um who they those guys know what's in front of them but they don't tell you anything because they're not a doctor yeah anyway i said to him so how does it look and he just goes yeah i, I, I don't know it's like you're yeah, right you liar anyway <laughs> yeah exactly and um he goes just so you know you're going straight to surgery yeah so you do know there's something wrong so yeah um so anyway i've had this scan and i've just gone straight into pre-op and uh i've had i've tried to have a joke with the the surgeon like in pre-op and he's gone man this is worse than we thought and it's just like what do you mean and he goes it's like it's spread everywhere. Oh, wow. um, you don't mind if we take out your your belly button, do you? And it's like, I oh, <laughs> take out whatever you need to take out. If I'm alive at the end of this, that'd be great, you know. Yeah. He goes, so it's he goes, so so it's not it's not lymphoma, it's um it's neuroendocrine cancer, and which wow. is just rare. Like it's just it's just rare. Neuroendocrine cancer. Yeah, yeah. So neuroendocrine means that 
the tumors grow in the nerve in the smooth muscle at least that's where it starts well that's where it started for me so in in my case it was in the nervous system in the the muscle around the intestine now i mean i've got tumors in my bones in my chest cavity um, in my liver in my diaphragm um, uh, in my hips like you name it basically i've got tumors there and i've got water here beside me because i've got a cough now which my wife swears that I've got tumours in my lungs, which I'll find out tomorrow. I've got a PET scan again tomorrow. Really? So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, mate. That's, that's the way I like. You sound Sorry, good, though. Drink. I know, like, it's just, just like, yeah, take a, take a minute. Like, it's just, it is mind-boggling for me to hear, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners have probably uh, just um, been pretty enthralled by your story. And, like, so when you first, when you said that, this, the surgeon that you had, endocrine endocrine cancer endocrine endocrine Neuroendocrine. yeah like what sort of are you in shock at the time are you just like reeling are you just absolutely like are you were you an emotional mess like what were you feeling um to be honest i, I don't know I, I really don't know i wasn't um like by then i'd have you know 24 hours or 48 hours in the hospital and going into surgery you know it's just going you don't mind if you lose your belly button it's like no um the the pre-op nurse was one of the parents of one of the kids that i taught um so you know just just a weird kind of situation and um the surgeon himself is a full-on athlete himself yeah and so we'd we'd discussed like training the day before because he was into his um, triathlon and still is like he does the Noosa Tri every every year yeah. um, and so you know we'd been discussing that and it was it was only when he became really serious that I went oh shit this is like you know this is serious yeah um, and you know I was going in for what was meant to be an hour and a half op that turned into a six to eight hour op um, I think it was six and a half hours or something it was, it was a long time it, it needed two extra surgeons to scrub in um, and you know, I've since learnt from the surgeon that it's the most complicated uh, cancer surgery he's ever done. Wow. Um, you know, they they chopped out three feet of intestine and <laughs> like a, a heap of stuff went on. Yeah. Um, and basically, you know, from there, I was expected to be in hospital for a long, long time, which luckily I wasn't. But um, mainly because I just wanted to get out. Like I was only in there for seven days post surgery which uh the doctor also said was a record for someone getting out of hospital with the extensive surgery that i'd had i mean i'd been opened up from basically my rib cage down to my groin oh man um and you know so it's it's definitely quite an experience and um one that i was i was very glad to be out of hospital hospital is not a place to get well no i agree um, <laughs> and i and I, I avoid them like I go to one constantly now for treatment, but God, I avoid them too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. Um, so um, yeah, I, I just yeah, I understand. I totally relate to you on like, it's they do amazing work in hospitals, and like to work in that environment is is um amazing. Like my wife is a she work, actually works in theatre. 
in um in here in Adelaide in one of the hospitals and um so she has seen quite a few interesting things I don't know if she's seen something like yours a procedure like yours but um being in being a patient is pretty challenging you know or going to visit someone who is a patient is challenging so to know that you've got lots of treatment in front of you like like how did you how did your family kind of approach the um or your wife especially you know this prospect that this cancer was bad my wife manages to hold together really well i don't know how she does um but she is the rock that that holds the family together you know um she's done an amazing job of of keeping everything normal so what's if, your you know, what's your if, wife's if, name if, if you don't mind oh kim kim is my wife's name kim oh, so yeah, yeah excellent yeah um yeah yeah she just does she she has done an amazing job and and it's just, you know like the same with my kids my kids you know every i had it maybe four weeks ago five weeks ago they said i thought i'd been hiding it really well but I, I, i'm slowly but surely getting sicker and sicker and um I thought I'd been hiding it from my kids and one of my kids just said, you're getting sick of dad, we can see it. And it's just like, really? Like, I, th- I thought I'd been hiding this really well, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, they, and they get into tears and stuff like that, but it's, it's kind of become a little bit normal for them. Um, yeah. Certainly, like, my, my, running, my running allows me to do stuff that, um, like, live a reasonably normal life, as, as I was saying to you, just before, um, you know, we started recording as such. Yeah. People don't know that I'm ill when I go out. And I I can hold it together for like a couple of hours, if that makes sense. Like I can, I can put on the fake it till you make it type scenario for a couple of hours and I'm completely fatigued and fall apart. Um, but I can hold that together when I need to. And so just no one knows. And I try to do that with my family as well, but that's a lot harder because mm-hmm. they get to see me 24 hours a day. So, you know, that, that's that's much more difficult. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's, it's very challenging. Um, financially, it's very challenging. I bet. Um, so you're not working now? And is that... No, right? no. So... I had um, had lutate therapy treatment, which is experimental again. That's another one of experimental, and um, basically that normal radiation treatment is they blast you with radiation. Yeah. Uh, in my case, they decided they wanted because I've got tumours everywhere. They they wanted to try um, a treatment where they didn't blast you, but they injected radiation. So what they did was they would put it in intravenously and then it would run around my body. And the theory being is that it would find the tumors attached to them and, and radiate the tumors. Right. Which, um, and, and the whole concept just to slow down the tumor growth, which it has done. It's done a brilliant job of that. Um, so it slowed the tumor growth down, which is why I'm still alive. And, but I, I, fail, I failed at that yeah. course. 
uh, in that I had to stop doing that because it completely shut my immune system down. So I was meant to have four treatments. I only had two. Um, basically, they, they pulled me off it. And I mean, there's probably an hour's story just in, in that um, little little bit, you know. And um, that really, like, that's been the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. Really? Is that lutate therapy. It just knocked me off my feet. Yeah, like, wow. Yeah, people who go through chemo and, and, and radiation treatment, I mean, those guys are just, they're literally walking dead. Yeah. Um, and I understand how that feels now. And, you know, whenever I, like, I, I go to hospital regularly for treatment, I'm not on chemo now, I'm on a different treatment, um, which doesn't knock me about like that. And, um, you know, I sit next to people who are having chemo, and yeah, they're just, they're ill. Yeah. Um, but it is keeping them alive, so. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, I don't um, even know what your question was now. I've just run off in a tangent. No, so. that's okay, mate. Like, yeah, I, I imagine it's a constant. There's always things going through your head in terms of what you're going through. And I, 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 you're right. We probably don't even have enough time to cover all of the things that you've been through with your cancer treatment over the last few years. But um, I guess I've, I have a few questions about it. One of them, though... Um, like, so you're stage four, is that correct? Yeah, I'm stage four. So stage four means that basically it's spread everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's an all your, it's an all your organ systems, um, and the chances of, of them actually stopping it now is, it would take an absolute miracle. Yeah. Right. So basically, it's just, it's just enjoy life, and don't die. I think you asked, do I work anymore? So, yeah. yeah, I had that experimental treatment, basically, um, and I haven't been able to return to work. Good memory, um, good memory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I haven't been able to... I would love to return to work. I love what I do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just... I couldn't... I couldn't do that and be safe, if that, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like, people... When you're coaching gymnastics in particular, you know, people are relying on you. I could probably, you know, maybe do a little bit of paperwork, but I, like... Like I said, you know, I can only go a couple of hours of really holding it together and then I kind of fall apart. Yeah. So, and that's that's still the case. Um, and I'm working really hard at changing that, but we're also, like, if, if tests go not well tomorrow, then I'll be trying to lutate therapy again. Yeah, which is probably the last thing you want to do, but I imagine it, it's a probably necessary evil, hey? So, um, it's, yeah, treatment is a necessary evil. That's exactly the right way to describe it. Yeah. Um, I've had a number of people in my family who have um, passed away from cancer, and I think there's not too many people out there who have not had cancer touch their family in some form or other. And um, I just, one of the things that, and I mentioned to you about, like, you know, we've talked, we've sort of touched on, like, do you, I guess how other people deal with you and, and how they... It's like they've, they're faced with your illness and how they treat you. Um, but how do you face your illness? Like, and I know this is a big question and you, can, you don't have to answer it, but like, I guess with the, the prospect of, of um, your own demise sort of hanging in your face, how do you deal with it, man? I'm sorry to ask okay, such I'm, a... I'm, no, 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 no. It's... it's um... It's something that I think about far too much. Yeah, but yeah. Um, 
One of the things that I have done is I've literally pared down my life so as that I can pack everything that I own in a suitcase. Yep. And I have done that so as that when I do pass away, people don't have a heap of crap to clean up after me. <laughs> so, so to last. That's, that's one thing that I've done. Yeah. So I li- literally, you know, I have got rid of everything apart from those few things that I can do every day. One being running. Um, and if you saw the way I organized my running gear, like, like I'm an organizational freak, especially if you ask people at work, like I organize things to the nth degree, which is why I was good at my job. Um, and I'm flipping that with my running gear. So I can literally, you know, everything's exactly where it should be every day, same place. Um, that my photography gear because I'm into photography yes. um, and other than that everything else is gone like I've, I've got rid of everything else um, I've you know sold it off or donated it or you know given it away I, like I gave away stuff just uh, a couple of weeks ago I had um, some bike stuff and I, I put it on Facebook and I said anyone who's willing to make a donation to um, cancer research will get this for free then you just got to pay for postage and so yeah I had someone who said yep no worries i'll donate a hundred bucks to cancer research and i chucked it in the post the next day and sent it off to perth wow. um and another person did the same thing in the united states they wanted a particular bike part that wasn't <laughs> made anymore um and um so yeah it went off to denver they're, at the end yeah, of the day donation and, they're all so, they're all just things aren't they they're all just things they're, they're not, just things yeah like, at the end of the day the important thing is spending time with people yeah um, even though my wife would tell you that I don't spend enough time really here, um, I spend a lot of time thinking and you know, off with the not off with the fairies, but you know, contemplating stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I still get dragged out of the moment. Uh, spending time in the moment's really a difficult thing. A lot of people don't spend time in the moment, and I do that more and more. And by getting rid of everything, that allows me to do that more. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so that's the thing that I've done. Um, we sold it during when I had treatment um, with I don't think you're going to live through this which at one stage that was certainly where we were headed um, and she goes right well let's sell the house and let's pack up and get a motorhome we tried a caravan that didn't work for us um, <laughs> get a motorhome and we'll travel around Australia which we did for 12 months and awesome. literally just set up home base again only six weeks ago Wow. It's Queensland. <laughs> um, hence why I said, um, you know, I've been in Adelaide a few weeks ago. I've been in Adelaide a few weeks ago. We had Christmas in, in South Australia. Awesome. Um, yeah. We, we did that, and that was brilliant. Like, the kids got to see the country. We got to learn lots. I got to run in just the most amazing locations. Uh, it was literally straight out the door. I never had to, you know, like a lot of people jump in the car and drive for an hour and a half to go running somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd slept there the night before, so I just jumped out and went running. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was really good. It was great from the point of view that we would just pull over the, the motorhome and I could just jump into bed and sleep, you know, and, and that's pretty much how we existed. We'd drive for a little bit, I'd sleep. We'd drive for a little bit, I'd sleep, you know. Um, that's kind of how life goes these days. Yeah. Uh, so we set back up in home base basically because uh, one of my colleagues just went, Nah, you're getting sick. You need to go back to you know more major treatment than what you're having now. So, so that's where we've ended up back here. And um, 
yeah so i mm. guess that that's how i've dealt with it i've done that a bit write a bit photograph a bit talk to people yeah um, i saw um speaking, yeah. speaking of your photography um i saw on your facebook page that you are quite a skilled photographer like you take, you take a lot of amazing photos yeah no i um I say that, I'm qualified to say that because I actually know some really good photographers, like professional photographers, who, you know, um, and your photos are uh, right up there, you know, like, um, you take these sort of almost hyper-realistic pictures of, like, close-up of, the of like, like insects and flowers, but, like, super close-up, so it's like the, there's just one subject, I don't know how to describe it, I'm not a, a photographer or an artist, but there's like, for example, there's a picture you've taken of like this orange beetle, um, and I know you took it with your phone camera, which is pretty and just it's perfect. And like it's sort of like a good artist doesn't need good tools, you know. Like a good artist knows how to take a good photo, you know. Um, so yeah, like, what's tell me about your photography a little bit, like it. So my photography came about, like I've always kind of dabbled in photography, like nothing nothing like I do now I like I take photos constantly now um, and you know really think about what I'm actually photographing now whereas you know I used to just click um, anyway I, I, I did a, a study with the University of New South Wales on dealing with cancer and they asked that you take a photo each day that represents like what your day's like. Yep. And you had to do that for so many days and you had to write a diary and they did a number of interviews and that's been published. Um, they've now published a book and my photography works in that book. Um, oh, I've had my photography work and it, this is all from, you know, having cancer. So <laughs> it's, there's not, there's been positives to, to getting cancer and that that's definitely one. And the macro photography came from I couldn't get out very far and I went you know I love the little detail and you don't have to travel far like literally I can take a photograph like of that beetle yeah and then literally four centimeters away when you start photographing that close there's another photograph yeah and then four centimeters from that there's another photograph so you don't have to go out and like if you're doing landscape, because that's the I do like doing landscape stuff. Yeah. When we're traveling. You got to go to a new uh, a new place. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to a new place, and the the landscape has to be a long way away. Yeah. Like, so, but this morning I actually saw a, f a photo. Like I was out running, and I went, "That's a photo that I want to capture." Yeah. And so now I've got to wait. I've literally got to wait for all the same conditions again, and be there with a big setup and a long lens and. You know, like it's probably going to take two or three hours to capture this one image, and that's how photo. That's, I mean, that's what a professional does. They take ages setting up. Whereas, you know, like if you're just snapping, you're just, you know, snapping in the moment. Yeah. Um, but the macro allowed me to just to be right there, present. It allows you to forget about everything. Um, yeah. Because you've really got to concentrate on what you're doing, and it's not physical; it's mental. So it would allow me to forget about cancer and all that sort of stuff. Um, because I would just be there thinking about the photo, thinking about trying to capture it and trying to tell a story and then publishing that online. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's all I do with them. I, I think I've, I've 
printed one which I gave to my parents as a Christmas present. And other than that, you know, it's just been published on Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff. And it's really about me being there in the moment. Yeah. Um, a bit of, and it's allowed me to do that. It's like a very mindful approach. I, I um, just in my regular life, and I know a lot of people use uh, mindfulness. Like I'm a big advocate. I try to be a big advocate for uh, mental health, you know, because I know, especially, I mean, a lot of people suffer from mental like mental health issues and um, yes. myself included. Uh, and I know, I'm sure you probably have suffered from mental health issues, especially as a result of what you're going through. But um, I think that photog- like practicing being in that moment and um, being, you know, just really taking note of that, the, the, a single thing, you know, or taking note of just of nothing, you know, like, and um, it's, I've found, and it actually helps my running as well. I find, I've done like and a lot of ultra marathons and I yeah being mindful of just the steps I'm taking like I'm taking one step I'm taking I'm taking another step like just one it, there's not 50,000 steps in front of me there's only one step in front of me and that's sort of the philosophy that I have with my running and I guess it's it all gets very metaphorical or philosophical you know like about life in general but um yeah I don't know if you can relate to that at all but, uh... oh, look, I, to- I totally relate and I totally agree. Like, just but running, I would suggest running is my church, you know, like, yeah. um, and being out in the bush is, you know, it's just, it's that silence and that being in the, again, that's what running is. Running is being in the moment again. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Um, if, you, if you push hard enough, you can't think. Yeah. All you can do is breathe. And if you back it right off, you can think. So at least you can once you get fit. Um, exactly. And and so there's just all these, you can play with it because of that. And you can just, uh, I, I used to have the situation at work where, you know, like I'd go to a board meeting or whatever and I'd come back from this meeting and if my staff saw me just put on my running gear and go out running, they knew not to interrupt. Yeah. Like, because I needed to work through something in my head while I was out running and that's, pretty much what my running is now i i get to work through stuff in my head way before you know i need to talk about it or whatever you yeah. know i'm not I'm, I, I probably bottle up far too much stuff um and running is a way that i get to process that out yeah and, and running a longer distance i'm just processing more stuff you know well the, one of the philosophies i heard somewhere and i like to live by it is um if you've still got an issue at the end of a run, you obviously haven't run far enough, you know. So, that's, a, that's a good one. Actually, yeah. I haven't heard that before. Just keep going, you know. And so, um, yeah, it is um, when I was a young, when I was young and my parents divorced and it was, you know, I had, I had a lot of anger in my teen years and I was angry about, you know, my family life. And I remember I would just go out and I'd just flog myself running and run as hard as I could until I could not run anymore. From a coaching standpoint, it's terrible training, just running so hard. <laughs> but, but, yep. but you know, like, it was, it was really good for my mental health. I'd come back exhausted, and I'm like, I'm too tired to be angry anymore. You know, I'm too... And so, um, but yeah, and like, so running has then turned... For me, it's just turned into my whole life. Like, it's, I, it's like I coach, I do it myself, my wife does it. You know, we do it together. My, you know, my, my seven-year-old daughter, she's like, when I grow up, I want to run races like you and mum. And so it's, I guess, with 
we're not trying to inspire, but it is inspiring to my 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 daughter and my other children, but they're still quite young. So I imagine, I mean, what you're doing now, you inspire, you're you're laying this groundwork and you're inspiring your children. I I dare say, and other people. I mean, I'm well inspired, mate. And um, so you um, yeah, like so running. Would you say with your cancer? This, it's amazing that you're able to continue running, which. Like with your cancer, do you feel like it's really helped you stay well, alive, stay alive, essentially, or and mentally stay alive? Yeah, look, it definitely helps mentally. Um, I am a very cranky, upset. Uh, I've never had clinical depression, but you know that whole blues thing. If I can't run, yeah, I get the blues. Um, being able to run definitely makes a massive difference. The other thing that running does is I take significantly less medication when I run. Right. So, um, so basically, I, if you can imagine every drug that you know a hospital has, I've probably got a version of it here. Um, when it comes to painkiller, I shouldn't say that. You know, publish that, but it, right. that is the fact. Like every every. The pain that I suffer at times is pretty severe. And, um, you know, the doctor's solution when you say, look, I'm, you know, I'm on the side of the road, I'm collapsed. I can't move because I'm in so much pain. I'm in a ball. They go, well, here, we'll just pop this. And then you, like, you read the side effects of this stuff. And it's just like, like this causes organ failure. Yeah. And he goes, well, you're dying anyway. And it's like, I don't want to die faster. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. what? So um, anyway, uh, basically, yeah, it's when I run, I can I can avoid taking high doses of, of medication, and um, I can't avoid the stuff that actually keeps me alive, like the 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 Sandistat that I'm on. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, the pain medication definitely I can avoid taking that, and that's helped massively. I've certainly had uh, my oncologists and my surgeon and, you know, the other people that you get to meet say, man, like, if everybody did this, we would have far less patients in here. Yeah. Or um, all, all the patients we do have in here would be in far better condition. Yeah. And, you know, like, that's not... Like, I haven't gone out to try and inspire anybody. Like, it's, I've just gone out because it's right for me. Yeah. And... Um, That's the best inspiration, though, man. Like, seriously, you're doing... It's, you're not being, like... You, it's coming from a true... I mean, like, it's not selfish. It's, like, completely... You, it'd be selfish if you were, you're like, I'm going to inspire you. You know, you're not on Instagram going, I'm the most inspirational person ever. You're just like, I'm just doing my shit to stay alive. And, um, and that, you know... And so that's great. So that that's what makes people more will attract people to your story, and um, so that's what I think. So yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah, the doctors have said like just keep doing what you're doing because it works. Um, they've, they've had warning bells around stuff like uh, the 30k mark. So I'm hoping to go out and run a bit further than 30k's on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, if if everything goes well with I've got uh, PET scan and treatment tomorrow. But if everything goes well with that and I recover all right on Friday, yeah. Uh, hence, what, hence why we're doing this interview now. But um, if I recover okay, then Friday night I, I'm going to go out and run for longer than 30Ks. Yeah. How much longer? We'll see. What's, um, what's the furthest you've ever run? 
Eighty-eight or eighty-nine, not quite ninety k's. Oh, okay. You know, so you've done ultras then. That I didn't realize. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've definitely done ultras. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, the, the whole the whole concept of like people ask me all the time, "You done a marathon?" And it's like you've run past a marathon. Yeah, plenty. <laughs> but I've never done a marathon. Um, like a... running, like running with that many people has never tickled my fancy. Yeah. Uh, it's a massive crowd of people that you've got to dodge and run around. I, I love running, getting out in the bush, a few people, yeah, for sure, by myself, and just enjoying the trails. Um, you know, if that's a few hundred people, yeah, fine, because you're spread out and, you know, everything's good and you, you get to chat with one person or two people for ages, but that whole thing of being crammed in with a heap of people, like, yeah, it's just, I don't, I'm not a massive fan of shopping centres either, you know. Um, yeah. Too, too many people. So, um, yeah. I, so, yes, I've definitely run ultras. Um, I've run an ultra since I've been sick. Wow. Um, and my my surgeon has the race bib on his wall because I did that six weeks post a surgery. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had I had keyhole intestinal surgery to try and reduce the amount of pain that I was suffering. And that was in September, and I ran the ultra in October, um, and it was very slow. Like I definitely don't have the pace that I once had. That's for sure. So yeah. um, I just yeah. I, Did you enjoy it though? Oh god, yeah. Yeah, yeah I loved it. Yeah, I, mean, I came last. Oh, did you? Um, and, I, <laughs> and I loved every single bit. There was a whole heap of management issues. Yeah. Um, like so. I, I have a drug that I have to inject, um, you know, if I get to a certain state as such, and that drug's got to be kept cold. So I had to figure out how to keep a drug cold without freezing it, and have syringes, and have that stuff in my drop bag, and uh, or drop bags, yeah, and, yeah, all that sort of stuff. It was all uh, a logistics exercise in itself, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and I don't race very much. Yep. anymore basically you know what race director wants a guy with stage four cancer who might drop dead on the course in their race like really <laughs> um and i've also got to convince my oncologist that this is a good idea yeah. um and i also need to convince my family to some extent that it's a good idea so you know if i went out to do that every weekend i'm pretty sure i'd have much larger protests than yeah. i already get so um but yeah, I just get out and, you know, I think this week I've run, since Monday anyway, I've, I'm, I'm up to 44 or 45K for the week. Really? Yeah. You've run, um, you've run further so than me. So I've just been out enjoying it. You've actually run further than me this week and I'm, um, yeah, I'm actually in decent training. I've only run 38 kilometres this week, so there you go, Ashley. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, so I've definitely run further than a, than a marathon, but I haven't done a, a marathon. Yeah. Are you um? Do you have a goal, like coming a run, as far as running goes? Like, what's your goal? Come... So right now. Yeah. Um, my my number one goal at the moment is to figure out the, this thirty k mark, and that's come from the uh, the doctors. The medication I'm on is a metabolism blocker. Basically, they don't. They've never had someone try to exercise 
at an ultra running level or an or a marathoning level who's getting this form of treatment right um in fact you know like when you speak to anyone and you say this is how far i run they all look at you like excuse me you do what um and you and you and you know they'll read your medical chart and you've got this you know like uh so basically my my doctor who isn't uh, like he's a cyclist and he um he's ridden 400 k's in a day um so you know like he's a serious guy a serious cyclist um you know he's like look beyond 30 k's we just don't know really yeah yeah and he, he goes like just prefer you didn't run past that distance and it's like right okay well what if i play with that distance and just see what happens and he goes look run up to that distance but take a rest will you and so so that's what i've been doing i've just been playing with kind of 30ks or you know three hours and um just playing with that mark and seeing what that's like um yeah I, I, i still feel fine so nutrition is a big thing hence why you know i've been chatting with jason and, and figuring out nutrition um and getting that right because so much stuff's been taken out of my intestine now and you know like bits of everything have been removed so um getting my nutrition right is really important yeah and just getting all of that to work really well um is basically the key um if i start to mumble by the way i'm just starting to fade out i can feel it it's okay. I'll wind, we can wind it up fairly soon if you're not feeling great, mate. But um, no, I, yeah. like I can just feel yeah. myself starting to go. Yeah, um, you do. And, and that's what I mean by fake it until you make it. Like I can, yeah, I can talk like this, and people go, "Oh, yeah, he's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with him." But yeah, I can feel it going. Um, All right. Well, if you if you so do, you know, if, I apologise for that, but it's oh, just don't apologise. The way it is. But yeah. Um, so you just well, let, gotta, me, let me. I'll finish what I was saying. So yes. basically. I need to play with that mark and I've played with it enough now that I know what it feels like. Um, I know that I can feel good up to 30 Ks on a reasonably flat course. So on Friday night, I'm going to go out and see, you know, what that feels like. It's basically, it's a training exercise where I know that every eight Ks is going to be someone who can pick me up and take me back to my car if that's what's required. And I'm also running with a mate who's specifically coming out to make sure I'm good. So good. Yeah. So yeah. that's just basically how you've got to. Everything's got to be teed up. Yeah, you've got so to, as if you collapse, it's it's all right. Yeah, it's sort of like my one of my other philosophies is I don't um, plan to fail. You fail to plan, you know. So you got to have you got to have your plan in place, don't you, mate? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um amazing. I would. Are you uh, on Strava or anything like that, or you're not interested in that sort of stuff? <laughs> I. I <laughs> I hopped on Strava like two weeks ago because um, a mate of mine's doing the Guzzler Ultra, the same guy who's coming out running with me, Nick. Um, we've been mates since we were five years old and, and running those trails that I talked about earlier, literally since we were five years old. Um, and uh, so he's doing the Guzzler himself. And so yeah. we got together and chatting. And um, what was your question? I've just gone completely off track. Um, are you on Strava? Yeah, so... Um, so I contacted Tim and uh, Laura, who were running uh, that race, just to find out some more details to help Nick out. And they said, oh, there's a Strava group. And I went, well, I'm not on Strava, so I'll join up to, to jump on Strava. So now I am on Strava under 
I don't know what I'm under. If you want um, to... I have to look it up. Hang on a second. So if I open up Strava, yeah, I think I'm just under my name, Ashley Drew. Okay. Well, we'll um, because I was going to say because I know that there'll be people who'll be fascinated to see how you go and who want to follow you and make and just, you know, in some cases I think Strava can be quite toxic, but I feel like in some cases it can be really uplifting as well. You know. I love a bit of kudos, yep. and I love a bit of a nice comment. So you're just under Ashley Drew, are you? Yeah, I'm just under Ashley Drew, and it's, it's basically it's a photo of me um, wearing a blue shirt and holding my camera and holding a simple hydration bottle. Yeah. So, yeah. So you don't mind if people are um, following you on there then? No, not at all, not at all. Like, uh, I'm on Instagram under a slice of Ashley, so um, A-S-H-L-E-Y. Um, yeah. But yeah, just a slice of Ashley um, is that on Insta, which a, is a good I place. basically chuck everything on there. I'm not. Oh, good. I'm just chucking things up that you know hit me on the day. I'm not trying to. There's not motivational quotes or anything. Sometimes I guess there probably might be, but it's basically my photographic stuff and what's yeah. happened that day. Well, I highly recommend it, um, people check out your photos because they're they're just amazing, man. Like I was, I I think it's um yeah really good photography so definitely keep going with that when when the running if the running gets too hard you can still take photos man <laughs> you know and, and it, like that's exactly what it is like yeah. yeah yeah as we as we discussed earlier i don't want to take up your time with that again but um no. yeah like that's you've got to have something that takes your mind off what is something that affects you constantly yeah no that's um that's such good advice and I really um, I think this might be a good place to wrap it up because I know we've both got uh, obligations as well to deal with this afternoon and um, yeah but it's been an absolute honour to talk to you Ashley and I um, really appreciate you being so giving with your with your time and just being so candid about about your illness and I really like I feel for you and I wish you all the best and just you know keep Keep battling on and just keep keep running, okay? And I know that everyone who's listening is right behind you, bro. And so it's, um, yeah. I know you, I, I keep using the word inspiration and I'm sorry, but thank you for your inspiration. No, look, yeah. thank you very much. I, like I said, I, I don't go out there in particular to inspire people. I, you know, I've had lots of people say that, you know, you're inspirational. I, I, I don't honestly... It feels really weird when people say that to you. Um, You're just doing your thing, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, like I am just doing my thing. But yeah. like, if anyone wants to contact me, etc., except for if they want to you know, spam me. But um, if anyone wants to contact me genuinely, yeah, I look. I'll always chat to people, etc., and and try and help out. Um, you know, with what I can and what I can't do. Um, mm, so yeah, look. Thanks very much for having me, and and I hope we get to chat again. Yes. I apologise that I'm fading out. It's just no. it's reality. Don't apologise. I'm fading out too, mate, and I've got no excuse. <laughs> it's this time of day for me. But um, no, <laughs> really cool. I definitely hope we um, stay in touch, and I will. Um, the, my audience will be really keen to, to stay in touch, no doubt. And um, yeah, good luck with your upcoming tests, and more more importantly, and I'm going to say more importantly. Have an awesome run on Friday night, okay? Thank you very much. I, I plan to. We'll yeah. see what reality brings. Yeah. But, uh, yes. All right, Ashley. I'll, I'll, de I'll definitely let you know how that goes. And um, Yeah. 
you know, maybe we'll chat again in the future because I, I feel like we've just covered such a little part before I've kind of crashed. No, that's um, fine, man. Like, so, well, I'll, yeah. I'll keep in touch and I know you're busy. you've got things, big fish to fry at the moment and so we'll, we'll talk again soon. Um, all right, so this is a great place to end the podcast. Uh, massive thank you to Ash and, or Ashley Drew and looking up on social media. Okay. Thanks, Ash. No worries, man. Thank you very much.